come on, come on. Let me hear you, all Come on. Hey, listen, I know how it is, man. It's the week after Easter, but I have to tell you, thanks for getting up and making it here today. It is truly a pleasure to speak to all of you and those that are watching online. Uh, it's, it's a fun thing when you really look back at the journey we've been on and that you've been with us on this crazy ride. It, as Evan said earlier, it just means the world to us. So just go ahead and thank yourself. Come on, put your hands together for yourself. Come on, y'all, come on. Oh, y'all, man, what, y'all golfing? Are we on the Masters right now? Come on, give me a little more energy, a little more energy, come on. Perfect, there we go. Now, why do I thank you? Because when you're pulling off something like Easter at the BGA, it's a lot. And we ask you to do a lot. So you got to walk up the stairs, you got to park, you got to get all those other things going on. And then I throw out there, we ask you to help us provide clean water for our friends over in Rwanda. And you're probably wondering, did we do it or did we not? Well, let's let Robin tell us. Robin, take it away. Yes, you did it. Congratulations. You guys gave enough to provide a whole new water pump, new solar panels, a whole new water station for our friends in Kajayo, Rwanda. And we are super grateful for you showing up and showing out and lighting up the lives of people in Rwanda. Come on, y'all. Give yourselves a round of applause. You did it. And that's not easy to do. It was an awesome experience in the room, but when you raise $10,000 and give it all away to make sure that people have clean water, you really did an awesome job, and we're super thankful. For those that watch online that got involved with it, thank you, because that's next level. You didn't even get the little fun experience in the room. You did it just because you want to help, and we just cannot thank you enough. And while I'm thanking people, we have to thank the volunteers, because it takes about 600 volunteers to make it happen. Put your hands together for all of them. Come on. Yep. They don't just help on Easter, they're helping today as well, including our friends from the Deaf Ministry right down here in this service. They are here. You can clap for them like this. Okay, there you go. That's how they do it. And they were in the cafe downstairs, just amazing group of volunteers. So thank you so very much for uh, really making it happen. It's so cool to me to watch all these people from different walks of lives come in and put all their energy effort into making the day so great. And if you want to know what that looks like, uh, Caleb put together a little behind the scenes video of just the volunteer side of things to pull off Easter. Check it out. super grateful uh, just for all of the people who give their time and their energy uh, just to be able to set up what blesses so many other people in this community. I thank you for the BGA and their staff, all of them getting here early and then late night last night and then, you know, having to be here today. Just ask you to give everybody a little extra energy today that they would know that they're loved and that they're appreciated, of course, by us, but most importantly by you. So as we go through this weekend, we just thank you that the power of the resurrection is a reminder that we can overcome and get through whatever it is that we're going through. And I know that in a group this big, there's people going through stuff today and they decided to put that on the back burner so that they could serve. And I know that puts a smile on your face, Jesus. And we just are so, so grateful that they choose to do it with the Simple Church. So let it be a great day today. Keep everybody safe. Uh, be with their families that can't be here. Uh, and just, again, be involved in the details, Father. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Come on, y'all, one more time. Put your hands together for them. Amazing people inside and outside. Here's a picture of one of our outside greeters, and I just have to give them some love because it's not easy when you're standing out there wondering what's going on and how's it all happening indoors. Uh, but let me tell you why it matters from the outside parking lot all the way to indoors. Now, Greg, who plays guitar with us, his mom and dad came to Easter, and he suffers with COPD, cannot walk very far. And Greg called me Easter afternoon. He's like, man, I got to brag on these volunteers, especially these greeters, because whoever it is, we don't know who it is because they didn't catch the name of the person, but they literally took care of Greg's dad and walked him all the way to his car, took care of him in every way possible. And Greg was like, man, you don't know what that meant to my mom and dad. And I just want to tell all of you, you really are amazing at what you're doing and we're super grateful and it makes a big difference in a lot of people's lives uh, and Greg was just wanting to share that story with him thank you personally for helping his parents out and there's so many people like that uh, there's so many behind the scenes uh, individuals that get involved at the next level and I personally want to tell you what it means that we get to be a part of that and you choose to serve with us. It really is an awesome thing for us. Now, if you didn't get to be a part of Easter and you're going, well, what's the Easter service like and why it's such a big deal? Well, we don't move to the arena very often, but when we do, all right, it takes everybody and it is a one-of-a-kind experience. And here is just a little insight and reminder. In case you missed it or you want to celebrate what God did, watch. Today is all about celebrating the one, the only, Jesus Christ himself, who knows how to bring things back to life. Movement equals life. The more you move, the more alive you feel. And this is not just in the physical realm. This is also in the spiritual realm. told her, I am the one who raises the dead. This is Jesus talking. He said, I'm the one who gives them life again. Anyone who believes in me, even though he dies like anyone else, shall live again. This is what it's all about today. That's why Easter is a celebration for us. That's why it puts a smile on our face. Get a little Easter love right there. Pretty awesome. Now, what's amazing, yes, thousands and thousands and thousands of people attend, which is crazy. It's uh, unbelievable that, that we still get to be a part of this. We never thought when we launched a simple church back in 2007 that we'd be in an arena, but it's been awesome. But then what's really, really sweet is when 32 people decide to go public with their faith. Give a little love for those getting baptized, which is awesome. Including one of my dear friends here. This is Gina. This is just a friend. It's just a crazy cool story of how God's working in people's lives. And uh, they were so excited to get baptized. And we were so honored. I run out after the last service just to get to be a part of that. And from Gina to David, I have to put my boy up there. This is David Stevenson, my best friend, Bobby, man, just a lifelong friend. 
passed away recently and his brother decided to go public on Easter and that's the reason I looked up and I was like, Bobby, can you believe it? It's just crazy to me that we get to be a part of moments like this and then Robin got to baptize Remy, uh, his daughter, and we just really want to be uh, at a place of gratitude when we look back at what God is doing and you just can't do it without you inviting your friends and loving on your family and trying to get them to be a part of it. Uh, it just, it's a big deal to us. And what really blows my mind is that on Easter, you know, you kind of dress up like, you know, simple church, man, wear shorts, t-shirt, doesn't really matter even on Easter, but that anyone would be in the service, God moves and they decide to get baptized without having a plan blows my mind. <laughs> And there were many people that were in the service like, man, today's my day. I'm going to get baptized afterwards. And I, I can't really wrap my head around that because for me, I'm a planner. Anybody, you know, need a plan? You're like, I, I got to get my plan ready. I got to know what's going on. And I thought of this question and thinking of what I experienced on Easter. Are you personally comfortable moving without a plan? I mean, most of us in America are like, no, nah, I, I need to know what's going on. So even if you got here today, and somebody's bringing with you, you, you want to know what's going on. Like, hey, man, what's going to happen? You know, there's going to be a couple of songs, and the guy's going to speak, and they got free donuts. That's a win. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're kind of getting your idea of what's happening. And then you want to know probably, are we going out to eat after this? I get that as well, because you're trying to figure out what's happening. Well, we also know when it comes to something as simple as coming to church service, that's one thing, but we had a group for the first time ever go to Israel. They left this past week. Uh, Ray Rainey took them and we laughed because I'm like, man, that's funny just to see that, you know, simple churches in Israel. And then they send me this picture. This is the Valley of Armageddon. So I'm like, man, that's kind of tripped out. But they're going to see all of these really, really cool places and have amazing experiences. But when Ray was pulling together the meetings, because if you're going to go out of the country, everybody's got a plan, you know, and they want to know how long's the flight, you know, how long are we staying there? How, you know, what's the food like? And I know that the food is a big question because that's just the way people are, particularly in America. And then they want to add this next little part is, can I pack this or can I pack that? So you have to give them a packing list. What's on the packing list? Do I bring this or not? Well, my brother, uh, he has gone with me all over the world, but this is his first time to Israel. And so I said, man, are you ready for you go on the trip? And he's like, yeah. And then I can, without even asking him, I know what's on his packing list. He will not have underwear or socks, but he will have crackers and candy. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you go, well, what do you mean? Well, because he's not worried about what he's wearing. You know, he was like, man, I'll get through that, but I got to have food. And why is he's a picky eater? We go to Africa back in, I think, 2009, all right? And me and him were at this coffee village, and it's a pretty cool experience. You go up, and they're, you know, harvesting all the coffee, and the pastor of that region invites us into his house to eat. And when you go into the house to eat, they put everything out. They put corn out and they get eggs out of the, you know, from the chickens. They're just roaming around. It's wild. I mean, you're in like this hut. They're like, come on in and eat. And I'm telling my brother, I'm like, hey, man, when you go in, you got to kind of eat what they give you because it's like respect. You know, you got to do it. My brother's like, man, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. This is how I knew he was packing for Israel. I mean, he was, I was like, look, man, it's just corn. Just get some corn. They got a Coke. Just get a, maybe a, you know, he goes, I don't eat corn. On the cob. I don't eat corn on the cob. I'm like, what do you eat? You know what I'm saying? Literally, crackers and candy. That's what he eats, all right? Well, they don't have any of that. I'm like, John, it's offensive, though. And he's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. So we go in here, and they're getting ready. They're praying and everything. And right as soon as the prayer's over, my brother goes, I'm sorry, I got a phone call. We're in Africa, y'all. I'm like, how do you get a phone call? I'm sorry. He steps on out. I'm like, dude, you are dirty, son. You're dirty. 
And what I learned, all right, in a limited experience of traveling around the world, you know, I've gone a few places, Honduras and Haiti and all these different things, you have to be flexible. It's this idea of going, all right, it may not go the way I think, and I might need to make some adjustments. And the older we get, we're not so flexible. Can any old person say amen? At 53, I'm not as flexible as I was in my 20s, all right? And Ray, being our oldest staff member, his neck's not what it used to be. You know what I'm saying? That's him on the plane. And we're laughing. He hurt his back before we left. He's already like, man, I'm just, oh. And I started thinking about all of us in this room when it comes to moving, whether that's traveling, whether it's in this, you know, local area trying to make the next move, whether it's business, relationship, whatever it is, there's stretches involved. It stretches you, you know, and that stretching is never really comfortable. And the best example of being stretched and not comfortable was on the same, well, no, I think it was 2007, Donnie McDaniel and uh, some of our friends went to Africa the first time. Notice the draft did get in our picture, which is kind of cool. But Donnie McDaniel's the guy right here in the front. And on the trip over, he had packed, he had planned, he had prepared. And when I talk about being flexible, flexible is when they lose all of your luggage. Not some of your luggage, all of your luggage. We get to Africa. You are halfway around the world, and Donnie is borrowing everyone's clothes, including mine. So, like, this next picture I'll put up is when he had my Quicksilver shirt on. He don't know what Quicksilver is, all right? He's like, man, I'm just, well, he would go to everybody's bag. Can I wear this? Can I wear that? Including underwear. Pray for him, all right? He's, the one thing I learned about that is look for somebody on your trip that's the same size as you. You might need them, all right? And Donnie literally had to be totally stretched and flexible to be able to make it through because he couldn't control anything. And then from that point on, I decided I will travel with a carry-on forever. You know what I'm saying? Put something extra in there because you've got a plan for the unexpected. You know, you got to be flexible. Make sure you can make it happen. And we learned all of those things from the one guy on our staff that was also on that trip. His name is Brian Reed. He's right here. He is also an Eagle Scout. Look at here, right here. The old Eagle Scout. Now, if you didn't know Brian Reed was an Eagle Scout, you know, I had to put his picture up there. He said he couldn't find one. We called his mama. We found it, all right? Because there is a lesson from scouting that Brian and all of us talk about and joke about, and that is, you know the phrase, be prepared. It's this idea that if you're going to go on a trip, if you're going to make a move, if you're coming to church today, you got to be prepared. You don't know what's coming. So you got to get ready. And I set all of this up to get to this first passage of Scripture because this blows my mind. It'll probably blow your mind as well, but I want you to go with me as we look at Matthew chapter 10 because this I can't really even wrap my head around. The disciples were going to be following Jesus. He's like, hey, come follow me. You've heard this. I mean, come, let's go on this trip. We're going places. And Jesus says to them, don't carry any money with you. Don't carry a bag. Take only the clothes and sandals you're wearing and don't take a walking stick. These are things that they used every day. This is a part of their culture. This is what they used to function. Just like as we ever clothes, but a walking stick was, I mean, they had, if they're taking care of sheep, if they're walking through rough terrain, they had things that they had to lean on, to depend on, just like you and I. Because a worker should be given what he needs. I'm like, time out, Jesus. Everyone in here, like in our modern American Christianity, it's like, man, we're going to follow Jesus. We can't wrap our, our mind around the fact that, can you imagine if he said, don't bring anything with you? 
You just got to come and everything is left behind. Now, some of you go like, okay, I kind of get it, but come on, y'all. Could we really do that? Then Jesus goes even next level, okay? So if you're going on this trip, if you're following Jesus, don't take anything with you, only what you have on. Most of us will be asked, but where are we going to stay? Don't try this with your wife. If you're married, don't ever try this Jesus approach on this one. When you enter a city or town, find someone worthy there and stay in his home until you leave. Can you imagine right now planning a trip? And when you're planning this trip, you're going to go on. It's like, don't take any money. Don't take any clothes. Don't take anything with you. And who knows where you're going to stay? Let's just wing it. Because you're going to find somebody in town. Some way, miraculously, you're going to walk through here and find somebody. You're going to stay at his house, her house. And then whenever you leave, you're going to be covered. I'm like, nah. Because everything in the American culture is if I'm going somewhere, if I'm going to do something, I need to know every detail. Including even when we baptize people, we send out an email list. This is what you should expect. You're going to need to do blah, 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 blah on Easter. If you're volunteering, we have meetings before. This is what you should expect. You know, you're trying to prepare people to get a plan together so that you can make sure everything goes smooth. And while they're thousands of years ago, we get, it's still the same equivalent. They had stuff that they were used to. It was their house. It was their stuff. It was their family. It was, you know, they were comfortable. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to go with us, leave everything. Then every once in a while, somebody would get, you know, excited and they'd run up to Jesus. This is Matthew 8. Somebody else runs up and they're like, hey, hey, teacher, I'll go with you anywhere. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to call his own. What was he trying to say? He's like, hey, man, you say you'll go with me anywhere? But this is fixed to be the most uncomfortable thing you can imagine. I don't even have a place to lay my head. I don't have a house, true, but I don't even have a bed. So then another disciple runs up, Jesus, Lord, you know, I got this. I'm going to go with you. But let me go bury my father first. I got to go take care of my family. And then I'm going to follow you. And Jesus pops off and says, man, let the dead bury their dead, bro. And I'm like going, could we do this? I mean, we're in the American church. We're so privileged. We got so much. We got so many things that we're blessed with. And can you imagine if right now he's like, hey, come on, let's go. You're like, okay, hold on a second. Let me go handle this. And you're like, no, no, no. No money. No time to pack. You don't know where you're staying. And by the way, if you have a family connection, then man, and this is important as in our culture, it's like respect, right? If we bury our dead, it's like, man, I got to go pay respect. He's like, no, there's no, let them, other people do that. There's other things for us to do. And you know what blows my mind is like, would I do it? I'm not sure. But guess what? The disciples, they did it. That's the reason you're sitting here. That's the reason we have the scripture. Is these guys heard Jesus and they just were obedient. Okay, we're going to go for it. And here's how I am. Maybe I'm the only one, but I have a feeling I'm not. How many times does Jesus ask you to do something? And you stall. Truth was, when I was contemplating, should we launch the Simple Church back in 2007? I had been thinking about it for at least 10 to 15 years before that. Let me say that again. I had the idea, the thought, 
But I didn't move for like a long time. So if God asks you to do something, you feel like you're supposed to do something, like you stall or you make excuses. Or, this is what's really good in the Christian world, you suddenly become very biblical. Hey, I know God's asking me to do this, but brother, I need to pray about this. Or, let me go seek some biblical counseling before I make this decision. And one of my favorite is, I'm looking for God to give me a confirmation. All of those things sound good, and in and of themselves, they are good. But sometimes, this is what I think Jesus is asking. You ready? Are you just going to obey me or not? <laughs> are you going to move or are you going to come up with all of these reasons and all of this other stuff to say, I just don't know about this? But when I look at my life, I'll tell you why I stalled. I'll tell you why I make excuses and why sometimes I get super spiritual, like, oh, I'm just waiting on a confirmation or whatever it is. You know why? It's because we love control and we love to plan. I'll prove it in a very simple way. This is, why, this is why in America we have the college plan, right? Hey, what's your college plan? If you've got your kids, you're trying to teach them how they need to go through it. You got to, and don't get me wrong, I have three teenagers. Well, now young people, not even teenagers. One teenager and two 20-year-olds. And as they're going through college, you got to plan, you got to think through all this. And then we go to the next level. For every man in here that's kind of you know, at the retirement age, you got your retirement plan. If you're younger than that, you're going, what's my financial plan? If you're kind of starting out in business, what's your business plan? And we all justify every bit of that. But can you imagine when Jesus walked to the disciples? Remember, they had businesses. They were working for a living. He's like, hey, man, forget your plan. Just come follow me. Yeah, but I got this retirement. You don't understand, man. I've been catching fish for 20 years, man. I got to make this money. I got, I got this house. I finally, finally got the things I want that I can lay on a bed. I can take care of my family. I have a future. No, I'm just telling you, come on. And here's what we ask, and here's what we're walking through. And I'm sure at some point in there, they probably walked up to Jesus like, hey, Jesus, I know this is kind of crazy. Maybe call me a control freak, but what's the plan, bro? And Jesus comes back with like this. It's pretty simple. Just trust me. Just trust me. And herein lies my problem, your problem, our problem. Is do we really trust him? I mean, we, we had our plan, and here's what's funny. You try to work your plan out, and it, as long as it goes well, you're really happy. But when you see the stock market crashing, you're pretty upset, aren't you? My retirement plan, or if it's owning property or whatever, and all of a sudden something happens and it crashes, you lose your money. Or if you have a relationship plan, oh, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work this out. We're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, and then it doesn't work out. How frustrating, how angry. Your career plan, you're going to work for this company, they're going to keep you forever, and all of a sudden they go, sorry man, cutbacks, and they release you. And all of a sudden, all of this turmoil, you're going, man, what's going on? And Jesus is like, hey, let me tell you my plan, and I am still working on this. This guy is. Just trust me. Now, why this is such a challenge is because when all of the stuff starts coming at you, it's pretty difficult. But then watch this. You got Matthew who wrote down like what he's seeing and experiencing. Then you got Luke 
and his take on it. Check this out. Then Jesus said to the apostles, remember when I sent you out without money, without money, without bags or without sandals? Did you need anything? What did they say? I'm sorry. No. This to me is fascinating, powerful, and tripped out. Jesus was like, hey, you remember when I told you to follow me? And every one of you, you got to remember Matthew, tax collector, had things to do. He, he had a lot of money. He had stolen from people. They were known for being thieves. He had all this stuff, you know, set back. He was ready to go. And all of a sudden, he's like looking and like going. He left it all. And then he's like, you want me to leave with no money, bro? Like, I'm the money guy. You want me to leave with no money, no stability, no plan? Just go. Yep. Then you got Peter, fisherman, right? They got their career, their company, all this other stuff that they've built. And they're out there doing it. He's like, you leave with nothing. And somehow they trusted him. And then they look back and go, Jesus is like, it's like later on. He's like, hey, y'all remember when I told y'all to do all that? And they're like, yeah, man, that was crazy. Oh, by the way, did you need anything? Or when you trusted me, did it work out for you? Now, when we launched Simple Church 2007, we were often saying this next phrase because this is true. Trust is simple. Just trust me. That's a simple thing. But here's what we came up with. Simple ain't easy. Can I get an amen? I mean, it's pretty simple to understand that you just got to trust Jesus. But like when you walk out there, this is the American way. And you, I know you, you're skeptical, you're cynical, and you're in this right now. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know why I say that? Because I'm the same way. Because we want control. And you believe you have control. There's some, some saw, false sense of control. You, man, I got this. Until you don't. Right before we walked in here, beautiful family walked in here carrying a baby, young girl. She said, Pastor, can you pray for me? Because my baby's got cancer. She's in the service now. And I just want you to know, girl, it took a lot of guts that's the reason they're masked up. They're trying to stay safe, but they wanted to come to church today. Man, you talking about, get, can you give them a little love for coming in in the midst of all that? Crazy, crazy. You got to plan for your kid until cancer comes in. And then if you are one of the blessed, the fortunate, and you have survived cancer, you already understand. There's nothing you can do but trust the Lord in that. You can trust medicine, you can trust doctors, but as many of you already know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. And so it comes back down to, all right, Jesus, it's simple ain't easy, but all I got is to trust you. Because you can have a plan, man. You can be thinking, I got this. I'm going to figure out my career. Here's my choice. And then we, we actually teach our kids this, which is kind of jacked up. You got to get your plan. You need to work on your plan. When many times we leave out the most important thing is, really, you really need to learn to trust Jesus. You really got to trust him. And the reason you got to trust him is because just like all of us, when you think you know and you think you're in control, he, Jesus knows us so much better than that because even when you don't say it to your spouse, to your friends, it's in your mind. You know what you begin to do? You begin to worry. You begin to worry about your health. You begin to worry about your future. You begin to worry about your kids. You begin to worry about everything. And this is why Jesus 
comes back with this, Matthew 6. Don't worry about things. What? So don't worry about it all, whether you have enough food or clothing. Remember the whole thing? He told them to walk away from their food, walk away from their clothing, walk away from retirement, walk away from your business plan. He's like, hey, why be like the heathen? Man, that is one of the best translations ever. Like, well, what do the heathen do? What is he really saying? Why would you want to be like those who don't know me, who don't trust me? Because what they do, and check yourself and see if this is you. What a heathen does is they take pride in all these things. Look what I've accomplished. You know, you know how hard I work for all this? Do you know what it took me, me to do this? I got all this retirement. I got this house. I got these cars. I've got all these things. These things. And the heathen take pride in them and they are deeply concerned about them. That is why you worry about whatever property, whatever possessions and Jesus is like man come on man I'm gonna take it all the way back to high school when I got in high school in 1984 as a freshman my brother was a senior when you talk about worrying about things because I'm gonna go back to the disciples remember they walked away they didn't have oh, just go with the clothes you have on your back it reminded me of going to high school when I was so worried about appearances when you're walking in like man I hope I got the right thing on we didn't have uniforms back then and I wanted ocean pacific shirts do y'all remember that OP son was cool son I remember going to my brother's closet I'd be looking for him he ain't around here I borrow this one because he's a senior man I put on his OP and be like oh man he got on OP you know and some people they had knockoffs it wasn't always OP you had to look inside for the tag because the tag the tag had to say Ocean Pacific somewhere I'd be like hey man y'all see my tag this is OP because I wanted Levi's on, you know what I'm saying? And we'd peg the jeans at the bottom. You remember pegging them? That's the 80s. Y'all know nothing about that. Got your Vans on, man. You peg your jeans. Got your OP on. You walk on in. What's going on? What's going on? Why? Because you were worried about appearances. I left my tough skins at home. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I had my polo on because I didn't have my Knights of the Round Table ready to go to Southwood. Y'all remember nice in the round table? That's when the pole was going up instead of down. Y'all remember that? Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. It looked like a polo shirt, but the guy had a, like a, a pole. He had a flag, and it was going off. The, polo had the, like the little polo club at the bottoms. They'd be like, man, is that a polo? No, it's a nice at the round table, cuz. Because why? You wanted to be it. That's what heathens do, right? That's why, hey, man, I'm something because I got this brand on. I'm something. I own this. I got these houses. I got these cars. I, whatever it is, I got my plan, man. I figured this thing out. And Jesus is like, man, no. And here's what I learned at 53, and I bet anybody that's my age or older will say amen. This is what I learned and what Jesus knew. The more you have the more you worry about it. Can I get an amen? Man, I, that's why when you get that new car, you park further out so nobody door dings it. You know what I'm saying? It's like me. Why I go out and look at my grass? I want my grass to be right, man. I'm overseeding. I'm fertilizing, you know. People are like, man, what's he doing? Oh, I got it to look right. That's why when you get a boat, you out there waxing. You don't want, it's got to be clean when you go on the boat ramp. You know, like, hey, man, clean, bro. Yeah, I'm cool, bro. I got it. I'm with you. And Jesus is going, man, you foolish. 
You're foolish. And he's telling us, can you walk away? And I'm like going, I don't know, man. Because I got a plan. Matthew 6. But your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need. What does need them? Need whatever it is that you need. Clothes, food, meeting all of your needs. And he will give them, to, give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. See, this is where it starts getting a little weird. He's like, hey, man, I got your back. I want to take care of you. I want you to be blessed. But the problem is, is, man, we get the order all wrong, and you don't put God first. He's somewhere down the line. <laughs> so then if he's something uncomfortable or you're, he's asking you to move or do something, you're like, hold up now. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And then we begin to worry about it, and you start trying to figure all these things. And he's like, hey, I don't know if God's in the right order. And then it continues when it says this. But don't be anxious about tomorrow. Why? Because if you got me first, I got your back. God will take care of your you, tomorrow. He'll take care of you. He says, just live one day at a time. One day at a time. Jesus. And all the young people like, he's lost his mind. And all the old people said, Amen. I knew he'd go back one day. Amen. Why? Because this is the whole thing you grew up with. Live one day at a time, brother. But we don't, do you do that now? No, you're worried about the next election. You're worried about the next interest rate going up or down. You're worried about what they're saying about retirement. You ain't living one day at a time. You're looking at 20 years from now, 50 years from now. You're not in this moment and you're not following Jesus, whatever he asked you to do. Now, why do I say that? Because I struggle like you. And then I remember these dudes left, left everything right then and there. Not worried about the next day. No, they were just like, dude, we're going. I'm following. And then it hit me. When I tell you that we usually have to have a plan and we want control and it's hard for us to walk and follow Jesus when he asks us to do anything. Now, how do I know this? If you left this morning and forgot your phone or your wallet, you freaked out this morning. You're like, oh my God, where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? Have you ever gotten, where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? Or if you pull out and you get halfway down the road and you go, I forgot my phone. Turn this thing around. Why? Because you can't function without it. And then I thought, this is the way we are right now. You remember this? I'm melting. We are so connected to a phone or to our wallet that we can't function without it. Can you imagine when Jesus comes in, hey man, leave your phone, leave your wallet, and go with the clothes you got on. We rolling. Where are we going to stay? I don't know where we're going to stay. We'll, just, we'll work it out. Trust me. Well, how are we going to eat? Don't worry about what you're going to eat, man. Just trust me. And here we are, business plan. Oh, I got to figure that out. I don't know how they're going to do this. And if I can just do this, then this is going to happen. You're single. Oh, I got to get my relationship plan. If I get on this, if I do this, I'm like, oh, just trust me. Simple ain't easy. Philippians 4.19. God will meet. What does this say? I don't know if he knew what he was talking about, maybe in a different translation, but I think that means all your needs. Can I get an amen? He'll meet all your needs according to who he is and what he has. Second Peter, you ready for this one? Jesus has the power of God. Remember the power of the resurrection? We, let's wait. I love that song at the end. Oh, yes, Jesus, we just love you. That's right. We, you have all the power. Then you get to the next week and things don't go right. You don't have enough sales. The girl don't say yes when you want to go out. Like, hey, you want to go out? No, like, there ain't no, ain't no power in this. 
stock market goes down, you, something happens in your work, and you're like, oh my gosh, what's, what's going on? He's like, no, Jesus has all the power, and his power has given us, what does this say? Woo, everything we need. Yeah, to live a life devoted to God. And we have these things, why? Because we know him. See, this is where it comes back to. It's not like just going through the motions. It's like, no, do you know him or do you not know him? And this past week, for king and countries in town, I've known their family since the 90s, about 1992. It's a big Christian band. So Luke calls me. He's like, hey, man, are you coming? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm coming. He's like, okay, man, I can't wait to see you. You know, you bring the family. I said, man, yeah, I think we're going to try to. We're trying to work on all those details. But when you say you know them, it's like, well, do you really know them or do you kind of know them? I'm like, well, no, I know them. Well, I mean, I've known them family for a long time. We know them. And he's like, hey, when you come, make sure you get your, you ever seen this before? A backstage pass. Like they give you these little passes. And it's like, man, you got to have your pass on. And then when you have your pass on, what does it say? It has all access at the, at the bottom. You go, what is, what is all access? Well, because you know him, you know them. You can stand on the stage if you want. I took my son Ian. They're working on a new songs. So, he, you know, Joel and Luke are like, hey, man, come listen to the song. Tell me what you think. So I'm bringing Ian back there. And they're listening through all the tracks. And we're going. It's like, okay, you're listening to an unreleased song. They're working on stuff. Nobody else has heard Ian. He's like, man, that's cool, Dad. At the very end, you know, Emma's like, Dad, do you think we're going to get to see him this time? I'm like, oh, I'm sure we will or whatever. So then we pull her back there. You think she ain't happy? She said, Dad, he is so good looking. And I was like, what about Big Papa? She's like, Dad, shut up. I'm talking about he looks good. Then Angie said, man, he really is good looking. I said, shut up, you're lusting, Roman. <laughs> but here's the thing. Look at her little pass. How did she get back there? How do you hug him? I just want to hug him. Got to have all access. You got to know him. And here's what's so crazy. When you have good friends that take care of you, they, look, they put us in the green room. You're able to eat. You're doing whatever you're going to do. As silly as, as an illustration as this is, it's the same thing, really, when it comes back to Jesus. You go, what do you mean? Why, why are you making this correlation? It's because these good friends took care of me. They gave me all access. Go anywhere you want to go. Do anything you want to do, man. It's on. Just have a good time, man. Come and hang out with us. We want to see you. We want to talk to you. Let's, whatever's going to go. Well, then our Savior, Jesus, has given you all access. And he says, man, I got you. Just come on in. I'm going to have plenty of food. Matter of fact, you even got to be some of you part of it because they called and said, hey, Justin, what would 100 tickets sound like? We just said we can give them away. Why don't you just give away 100 tickets? So we did. And many of you are like, man, thanks for the tickets because we gave away at Easter. We're like, why, man, just enjoy it. Why? Because I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give to you. Now, for me, thank God for Bojack. I'm like, hey, man, they want some, you know, southern foods. So I'm like, hey, Brian, can you hook me up? And he's like, man, I got you jambalaya and some gumbo and and then I'm trying to take care of them, and they're going, no, no, listen, man, let us take care of you. And Luke's in the back, and he looks at me, he goes, do you ever just receive anything, Justin, or are you always trying to outgive us? And I'm like, look, dude, you've given a lot to us. Let us give to you in the same way. This is what the whole Jesus thing is about. Because of all that he's given to us, don't we want to turn around and give back to him? And aren't we in this little, man, oh, I'm so grateful. And out of my gratitude, let me bring you. He wanted sushi. I went and got sushi. I'm like, hey, here's some sushi. 
And then they really wanted like that bananas foster cheesecake. Pray for me. All right, I'm like, I got it, man. Bringing it on in. Why? Because you've given so much. Let us give back to you. And it's like, oh, I can't. Oh, this is it. And isn't it the same with Jesus? He's like, listen, man, I love you. Trust me. My kids got all nervous. How do we know we're not going to get in trouble going back? And I'm like, trust me. It's not based on me. It's based on the guys who run it. They've given you all access. Trust me. He's given us all access. You can trust him. Now, better illustration? If you don't know anything about backstage passes and you don't know anything about music and all, I get it. But every parent in here, you'll get this because Jesus gave this illustration. Way better than mine. Matthew 7. If a child asks his father for a loaf of bread, will he be given a stone instead? If he asks for fish, will he be given a poisonous snake? Of course not. Because you, you hard-hearted, sinful men, you even know how to give good gifts to your kids, don't you? Well, won't your heavenly father even most certainly give good gifts to those who love him and ask for those things? See, this is what trips us out. He's like, hey, listen, even as a messed up dad, which I'm sinful, I don't get it all right. Trust me. This week, I had to sit down with my kids and apologize. Hannah's like, dad, I just feel like when you said this, it hurt my feelings. And I'm like, dude, I am very capable of that. And I'm sorry because I am a hard-hearted, sinful man. I'm going to mess up. But my heart is to bless you, to take care of you, to give you anything and everything that I can within reason. Why? Because I love you. Maybe a used car, but I'm going to try to get you a car. Can you get an amen? Why? Because you love your kids. You want to try to take care of you. You're going to do whatever. And he's going, hey, you're Heavenly Father. You're jacked up and you're trying to do all you can do. How much more will your Heavenly Father love and give to you? Now, many years ago, we were building a building for First Bossier. It was called Tiny Town. It was the big children's building. And Brooke Romero, who works with us here up in our preschool and children's area, she works for Christy. And just, we were in the midst of trying to figure out how to teach kids something. I was family pastor. She was children's, I mean, preschool pastor. And I remember I was like, hey, Brooke, isn't it kind of weird that all biblical stories come down to three things? It's kind of like the big three. And she's like, well, let's talk about that. So we started looking at every story. And in every story, there were three principles. And I'm going to do a series on it one day, but let me give you a sneak peek. When you talk about your heavenly father... Every biblical story comes down to one of three, and one of them is that God loves you. God created this world because he loved us. God gave his son because he loved us. God freed people, freed the Israelites because he loved them. They were his people. God loves all people, the whole world. So you just keep going, I love you, I love you, I love you. So he's like, you got to know that Jesus loves you. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you look like, I don't care what your background is. He loves you, Period. You need to know that. I need to know that. Our kids need to know that. The second thing is, is that we can trust him. You can trust God no matter what you think. Trust him. This is what that whole story is about. Hey, follow me. I don't know if I can do that. Listen, I'm going to prove to you that I love you. By the end of this whole journey, Jesus looked at his disciples. You're going to know that I love you. But you're also going to know you can trust me. Hey, remember he said it in Luke. He's like, hey, man, remember when I told you? Did y'all need anything? They're like, no, trust me. In the same way, when we're raising our kids, our grandkids, 
We focus so much on the plan. Maybe we need to focus, make sure we focus on, you know what, don't forget God loves you no matter what, and you can trust him no matter what. No matter what the college does, no matter whether they accept you, reject you, no matter whether you get the job, you don't get the job, whether you get the date, you don't get the date, you can trust him, period. And then here's the third thing, is when you know that he loves you and you know that you can trust him, then we should do what he asks us to do. But this is our problem, isn't it? We don't. Hey, follow me. Hey, I need you to help serve here. I need you to help give here. Ah, yeah, but Jesus, I don't know. You know I love you, and you know you can trust me. So maybe today it's to receive his love. You go, well, what are you talking about? Well, maybe your move today. What's your next move? Maybe your next move is to receive his love because you've never really seen Jesus that way. You've seen religion, and you've seen hate, and you've seen judgmental. And I'm going, no, maybe your next move is go, man, I need to receive your love and I need to learn to trust you. And I need to follow you. I need to be obedient. What are you asking me to do? And as you go on this journey and you begin to take those steps, you'll look back and go, man, it is true. You can't mess it up. You go, what are you talking about? No, you can trust him. He loves you unconditionally. (laughs) And even when you mess up, when you're not obedient, he still loves you and gives you grace. But here's the thing. But because he's given you and because he takes care of you, I want to be obedient. I want to do what you ask me to do. Next week, we're starting a new series called Old School. And I thought about how I was going to end this week. But most time it's a Steve Hartman video or whatever. I'm like, no, not this time. I'm going to go old school, kind of preview what's happening next week. And I started thinking about all these old songs I grew up with that we've learned and we knew. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the tells me so, little ones to him belong, they are weak, but yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, you know it, yes, Jesus, the Bible tells me so. It's one thing for me to sing it, but if I'm going to go old school, let's let Whitney sing it. Watch. Jesus loves me. Come on, y'all. Give Whitney a little love. Huh? You can tell it's old school because that's from the 90s. When it's pixelated like that, kids, that's from the 90s, all right? 12 minutes that one song goes on. The whole time she's telling people in Brazil, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. He loves me, accept me. Even in all her sin and all her messed up, man, he loves you. He's got a plan for you. And she sings it all out. And I'm like, man, if we can just go back and remember. 
hold on to the simple truth. Then I go back to trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to. You're like, man, I ain't grow up in church. I don't know nothing about that cuz. But to trust and obey. I thought I got to give you one more song because right now some of you are like, man, I, can, I connect with Whitney, but all the rednecks in here be like, man, I don't know much about no red Whitney. Well, for all you rednecks in here, I bet you'll know this. And here's another song on trust that might just be a reminder we all need. Watch. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise and to know thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus how I trust him how I prove him o'er and o'er Jesus, Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust y'all come on giving you both man a little country a little r&b and why would i do this both old school man alan jackson whitney houston because they both know love trust then the ultimate is as well i'll be obedient well i do what you ask me to do because you love me because i can trust you well i do it would you pray with me i pray god that today if there's somebody here that's never trusted you before man they wouldn't put their hope in religion or in me or in the simple church but they would trust you they would see that you do love them unconditionally so much so that you went to the cross shed your blood so that they can have a fresh start a new beginning that's what your disciples figured out man they ran and hid when you were killed but when you overcame the grave man they they rallied and they knew and they went to the death as a result of seeing that it's true that they could trust you and that your love was revealed and then they were obedient even to the point of giving their own life. And Jesus, I pray that we would, in our way, die for you. When we walk out here, that's loving somebody that most people reject. That's serving and giving when other people don't have time for that. We need you, Jesus. And we need a fresh start. So thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiveness. And help us to do what it is that you're calling us to do. To move to get uncomfortable, to stretch, to be flexible and to let our plan go and trust the fact that you know what's best. Help us to lean into that and trust you. In Jesus' name.